I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Battleground Productions presents Brass, the audio series, episode 29, Preparation and Escapes. The year is 1886, but in a world with a very different history than our own. Out on the coast, to the south of the city of Aberdeen, a small crew of workers are finishing what is seen as a very quixotic endeavour by the townsfolk nearby. It's the construction of a sizable velodrome, a large paved track used to race bicycles. The owner of the land, the Laird of Cove Bay, is well known for his eccentricities. The project is viewed as just as unreasonable as the same gentleman's past efforts to raise statues to both the old and young pretenders and so no particular attention has been paid to it, which is precisely as planned by the individuals who are now inspecting their work, surveyor's tape in hand. Well, Drake, I think it'll do. Indeed, Mum. The pavement's level as a book and two days ahead of schedule. Any word from Balmoral? Tomorrow at five o'clock, Mum. And who's on the roster? Millicent, Stevie, Gordon. And, of course, myself. Oh, no, Drake. You're going to have to stay right here. If things go awry in our absence, it could be catastrophic for the entire plan. Perhaps Millicent could take my place? She is very capable, but she is not you. Our country has been seized from us, Drake. If we want to take it back, it is necessary for us each to do our duties as they are assigned. Very good, ma'am. And what is the latest news from Lord Brass? The summit commences soon. In addition to various members of the Department of Topography and Statistics, there are delegates from the United States and Liberia, and word is that Prince Dakar has also sent representatives. So Dakar shall participate. Should be arriving in Paris today. Can't say I ever thought we'd seek common cause with the likes of him. Beggars can't be choosers, and neither can revolutionaries. Is that what we are now, ma'am? Revolutionaries? Oh, I don't know, Drake. 
Frankly, I yearn for the days when I had a perfectly peaceful life investigating murders and outwitting villains. It all made sense, this war on crime. Now our villains don't have lairs, they have governments. To think that I would find myself involved in trying to overthrow one. How did I, of all people, become anti-establishment? I'm almost embarrassed to say it, ma'am. But whatever it is we're doing, I like it. Perhaps it's just the invigoration of the Scottish air. But I've felt the fight built right up in me ever since we crossed the River Tweed. I have always thought of the Scots as not only allies, but a proud people who shall resist tyranny. As their national motto says next to the thistle, Nemo me impune lecessit. Or, as your Scottish cousin might say, War the middling with me. For all the elegance of the Latin, I think I might prefer the Scottish version. Now, let's see how they're getting on setting up the barometric equipment in the shed. To make Balmoral by tomorrow afternoon, we'll have to leave within the hour. Even as Lady Brass and Mrs Drake discuss their part in the still rather obscure plan of Lord Brass, that esteemed personage is standing with his friend and fellow spy, Abed Al-Qatar, in a large meeting room in the Hotel Saint-Jacques. I just don't know, Benjamin. Don't know what, Abed? I like this hotel. Don't get me wrong, it's quite luxurious, and the room you showed me that shall be my own has a wonderful view out to Notre Dame. It really is splendid. However... However, don't you think it's all a bit unsubtle for a spy summit? Spy, revolutionary and agitator summit. Shouldn't we be meeting in some grotty little pied-à-terre in the Latin Quarter? Sounds awful. Why would we meet in such a place? A matter of discretion. Oh, no, my friend. That's precisely the sort of place that one would expect a group of spies and subversives to meet. Conversely, no one would ever think to look in a luxury hotel on the Rue des Ecoles with such splendid views of the cathedral. This really is one of those times I don't know if you're a genius or a madman, Benjamin. They aren't mutually exclusive. There are other advantages to this hotel, Abed. Such as? The staff are easily bribed to discretion. They're quite used to it, in fact, though usually for more salacious matters. They've even allowed us to put up that banner over the door of the meeting room. Welcome to the Sixth Coal Tar Derivative Symposium, Paris 1886. Theme, Soaring with Psoriasis. <laughs> Just in case any hotel guests should prove curious, I feel quite sure that will keep them out. Couldn't we have met everyone at the Department of Topography's rooms? Not and kept it secret, now could we? Besides, no slight on your choice of venues, Abed, but human bones aren't anyone's ideas of congenial surroundings. No, this is much better. Speaking of ossuaries, any word yet from Cyril or Whitestone? None. I won't say I'm worried because that does no good. But I'm a bit perplexed. It's hard to imagine that pair encountering any sort of difficulty that they couldn't fight their way out of. They are both astonishing fighters. That Whitestone, he's like a bear and a bull and a panther all at once. And your son, you have trained him well, Benjamin. He trained himself, mostly. Far better fighter than I ever was. I always felt like hand-to-hand -hand combat was something of a waste of time. While he thinks it's the best thing in the world. Ah, youth. I miss it. Hmm. My blade is still sharp, yet I've little reason to draw it. 
I would say regarding myself that the horse goes just as fast, but it spends more time in the stables afterwards. Oh, gentlemen, there you are. Here we are, Conrad. How is your room? Splendid, thanks. At the most amazing view of Notre Dame. I was saying the same thing. Prince Dakar's representatives are in the lobby. I thought you might want to greet them and also perhaps get them to their room so they don't scare the staff so much. Fearsome, eh? Piratical. And Indian, I believe? Oh, yes, that's right. Abed, what shall I say when I first see them? They are Sikh, yes. You can say Satsri Akal. Another fine reason to meet in a hotel. The staff will do all the hard work of making people comfortable and the chefs have been informed of dietary restrictions. Oh, it is good to have money. Are you still very rich? Barely. But good enough to make an impression. Let's go greet the piratical crew of the fearsome Prince Dakar. Satsri Akal. Close. Satsri Akal. Satsri Akal. Better. What am I saying? Ah, it is the second part of the Sikh clarion call given by the 10th... That evening in London, two men stand some distance outside the Ministry of Science, a foreboding granite building in the broad streets of South Kensington. I'm glad you came along, Dan. I guess I just didn't have enough trouble in one night, Ponder, now that I'm following you into more. You sure we shouldn't be checking in on Gwendolyn? I have rarely met an individual more able to take care of herself than Gwendolyn Brass. And besides, I have immediate need of you on this mission. You and I are going to enter that building and rescue two scientists who are being held by their government as prisoners. As prisoners? Inside a government building, are you sure? Please note the newly erected barbed wire on the gates of the building, Dan. And if you look past, you'll see bars on the windows of an equally recent vintage. Ah, fair observations. All right, what's the plan? I'm going to go through the main entrance and ask if I can speak to one of the scientists. And what do I do? You're going to go round to the basement window over on that side of the building, break through it, let yourself down, and turn off the generator you'll see standing there. How do you know there's a generator in that room? I've studied the blueprints. Then, you'll make your way up the stairs in the dark. Wait, take this. It's a repeating match. And cross the corridor down to the second room on the left. You enter, breaking the lock if necessary, and retrieve a man named Professor Nikolai Tesla who's there. You take him back out the way you came in, and we'll rendezvous in an hour at your cell. I see. And what are you going to be doing while I'm doing all of that? Something similar in the opposite direction. Now, one last check. Be a good chap and stand over there. Out of the streetlight. Further back. Really into the shadows that I can't see you. All right. Thank you. Perfect. Do you want me to do anything? Well, you can, you can take your right arm off your hip. Okay. But... How did you know that's where it was? A birthday present from my brother. It's a new feature for my atomic eye. Apparently, it's called an infrared lens. How's it work? I really have no idea, but it's going to be ever so helpful. All I'm saying is that this science dodge doesn't seem too difficult to me. Turn on a few machines, pour some chemicals back and forth, make a few notes, and voila, I'm a scientist. You don't know how dumb you're sounding right now. Is that so? And that's because you never got no proper education. Oh, and you did? 
Good evening, gentlemen. Evening. I was wondering if I might be able to have a word with a friend who works here. You see, I've got something wrong with the pressure gauge and I need him to take a look. A pressure gauge? Yes. Will that be for blood or oil? That's a very personal question. Look, mate, if you don't got the proper paperwork, you can't get in this building. That's just the way it is. You mean any further into this building? What? If you wish to be pedantic, yes. No further into this building. Not through those doors, for example. That's right. Or those ones over there. Uh, not them neither. Well, it's all been a bit of a wasted journey then. Sorry to bother you. That's all right. Good night then. Good night. Are you waiting for something? I am. And what would that be? Oh, the lights! Now, excuse me, gentlemen. Reinforcements. Delightful. Professor Tesla. Who are you? The rescue party, come with me. No, you must tell me who you are before I do anything. <sighs> My name's Dan, and I'm working with the Brasses, and I'm to tell you that Lord Brass is alive and needs to talk with you. That is satisfactory. All right, let me gather my notes. No time, Professor. This way. Please. I do not like to be touched. <sighs> then if you don't want me to pick you up and carry you, you'd best follow me now. I will follow you. Good. An hour later, at Dan's gymnasium, the men reunite. Ah, Dan, and may I assume Professor Tesla? You may? Where's Von Hoffman? I don't know. He wasn't in the rooms that my brother indicated, though the laboratory showed signs of usage. Von Hoffman? You seek him as well? Absolutely. I have seen him working in the ministry, but I do not know where he is kept. Still, one out of two scientists. That's not bad. I'm also a genius. Ah, that's even better. That's not good enough. This is an all-or-nothing proposition, as far as I'm concerned. After tonight, I'll need to be out of London if I want to stay out of prison. Dan, can you look after Professor Tesla? I need to try and find von Hoffmann. I can do that. What's Professor Tesla supposed to do? Contact Lord Brass through some sort of communication device? My wireless telegraphy machine? Probably that. This is a dilemma, as my own machine was taken from my flat when I was also abducted. Is there another one we can locate? There are as many as you need, my friend. Once you bring me the right supplies... All right, then. I will leave you to do whatever it is you do to make such a machine and get on the trail of our second genius. With luck, I'll find him before the London Constabulary figure out how to find me. Your share coach, my friend. Strength to you. Thanks, my friend. I may very well need it. So, Professor, what's first? Tea, I think. Also, I am quite hungry. Do you think you can find me some food? I'm sure I can rustle something up. Thank you. Also, 18 napkins. I'll need them to clean the silverware before and after.
As Ponder makes his way back into the night, and Dan Abraham begins what seems to be the somewhat demanding chore of looking after the Serbian super genius, what of our other friends? A summit of spies in a Parisian hotel? A desperate expedition to rescue imprisoned royalty? To find out the results of such endeavors, join us next time for our season finale of Brass. Brass is manufactured by Battleground Productions and features Kate Cray as Lady Brass, Charles Leggett as Lord Brass, Catherine Grant Sutty as Gwendolyn Brass, and Jeremy Adams as Cyril Brass, with Larry Albert, Margie Bickman, Lisa Carswell, Yusuf El Gindi, Nancy Fry, Ronnie Hill, Philip Keeman, John Longenbar, Matt Middleton, Terry Edward Moore, Tad Morgan, and Nikki Vissel. Brass was recorded at Seattle Voice Academy, engineered by Shana Pennington-Bard and Chris Leia, with sound designed by Kirsty Gilmore and music composed by Bruce Monroe. It was written and directed by John Longenbaugh. For more information on Brass, go to battlegroundproductions.org, find us on Facebook and Instagram, and to support us, fund us on Patreon, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.